Welcome to the Art of Grateful Leadership podcast. I'm Judy Umless, creator of the Center for Grateful Leadership and author of three books, including Grateful Leadership, Using the Power of Acknowledgement to Engage All Your People and Achieve Superior Results. I'm also Senior Vice President at the International Institute for Learning, IIL. I first met today's exciting guest soon after the Grateful Leadership book was published back in 2012. I got an email from Don Officer asking me for an interview for an article in Positive Psychology News about the new book. Of course, I looked him up on LinkedIn and found out that Donald Officer, MA, called himself the intention coach. I like this because writing that book was a reflection of my intention to change the world for the better. I also found out that Don practiced strategic thinking in his practice. Hmm, that sounded interesting. I was sure I could use some of that. Also to his credit, he was and still is a member of the International Coach Federation and the Canadian Positive Psychology Association. This was all pretty exciting to me. So of course I said yes, and we were off and running. The phone interview lasted over an hour and I have to say it was one of the most in-depth interviews, if not the most in-depth interview I've ever had. And the resulting article was outstanding. Here's just a brief excerpt from it. Judith Umless, author of Grateful Leadership, Using the Power of Acknowledgement to Engage All Your People and Achieve Superior Results, has forged a successful, rewarding career out of acknowledging acknowledgement. Don't you just love that? I certainly did and still do. As Senior Vice President at New York-based International Institute for Learning, she has lived her credo for 20-odd years through seminars, webinars, and one-to-one contacts, exemplifying the benefits that her book title promises. I heard it in her voice when I interviewed her. This is no mere mantra. She believes deeply in the value of actual practice to both the acknowledger and the acknowledged. Wow, I felt truly known by this interviewer. And I must say, that's not a regular experience to have. It's unusual. So the article ran and Don and I stayed in touch. Later, when the Center for Grateful Leadership was formed in 2016, he proposed writing a monthly column for our members called The Gratitude Connection, Wow, was I impressed and delighted. He wrote a sample article and it was a unique blend of a deep understanding of grateful leadership and how it related to other writings by other authors. And I have to say, Don Officer really reads those books. So that's how he got to know us so well and got to know other authors as well too. And oh, the connections he has made. And what I must say, is that something keeps Don coming back with a new book every month that he connects to the principles and practices of grateful leadership. I love that. And his work is so learned and scholarly as well as readable that I recently told him that if and when we open the Grateful Leadership University, he will be the dean. So welcome to our podcast today, Don. I'm delighted to have you as our guest. Thank you. Yeah. So for starters, can you tell us what really 
keeps you engaged with the Center for Grateful Leadership all these years? I mean, you wrote a great review, you wrote a great article, and you keep coming back every month with a new book, a new article, and making that powerful connection. What's What draws you? Well, um, I guess I'd say I keep learning. It's a, and I keep learning on many levels, intellectually, of course, but mm-hmm. also um, emotionally, uh, sometimes spiritually. Uh, it has really broadened my horizon in many ways and made, made me realize some of the inconsistencies, um, some of which are, are not so great and some of which are actually part of what it means to be human. So uh, mm. it makes you more self-accepting too. I think it's made me... Uh, a better person to to know, uh, perhaps a better leader in some contexts. Um, I decided, for example, to stop doing a lot of one-on-one coaching because I felt I was in touch with messages that should be known to wider audiences. And Mm -hmm. one of the ways I do that, of course, is through my monthly posts. And I have had some good feedback on that, so um, I keep uh, plugging away and uh, I would have to be honest, it's also quite satisfying. It gives me a great deal of personal pleasure to, uh, to do this. Well, that's the best. If, uh, it keeps you engaged and keeps you happy. And I, I sense that it resonates with uh, you and your personal values and practices as well. And that you have kind of a, a, a mini mission to get that out to the world, because you you seem to um, you you seem to want to spread the word, and and I greatly appreciate it, as do all the members. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, do you want to name drop a few of the books you've connected <laughs> our work to? In the I know you've probably done about what thirty of these, and there was even some yeah. talk about. Maybe you know, a bit putting, more. <laughs> putting them all together one day in uh, a literary work of your own. But uh, anyway, so tell us, uh, name, drop a few names. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start with um, one of the books that kind of centered the whole notion of, of how important gratitude is. And, and by the way, how important emotions are. Because I think in our society, especially in the last few decades, we've tended to downplay that. And trying to say that, oh, no, emotion drives you off the rails. It's a bad thing. You should try to be as objective as you can. And, and also toughen up a bit, too. You know, don't get all, all worried about uh, the human connection. Uh, do your job kind of stuff. Um, probably a message heard more by men than women, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. But I think the book Emotional Success by David DeSteno could be one of the best in this area. And uh, there was, yeah, I was also primed for this by reading another book about uh, about emotions by another author who was a neuroscientist who uh, did a lot of exploration and basically concluded, you can't think if you can't feel. Wow. Who was that? He, yeah. He, who was that? That was, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Uh, Lisa Feldman Barrett. Okay. Thank and you. Her book, I believe it's called Emotion. I am 
Um, no, uh, never mind. I'll get it to you later. <laughs> Don't worry it's about so long it. Since yeah. I've looked at the title. But anyway, um, but emotional success was useful because it's so practical. Uh, he has uh, scientifically supported material that he brings out. And he says that it is really important uh, to understand that your emotions must be guided. They must mature naturally. You can't just force them or they become, they react. They're like, uh, like pets, I guess. <laughs> but he said the first emotion you need to have to really be, to really care about what you're doing is gratitude. Mm. If you don't have gratitude, you don't, um, you don't have a real incentive. It's just diversion, you know? It's just uh, a hobby. And that's yeah. just not good enough for the real business of life. But he says that you have to follow that up with compassion for others and also take positive pride in what you're actually doing. Something in, in life has to matter to you. And you can see how that would keep you on the straight and narrow and also uh, lead to some significant accomplishments. So that impressed me. Yeah, I like that book a lot. I still go back to it. Yeah. Any others you want to just drop in here? We can... Maybe well, come yeah, back to one later. Really by Martin Seligman, who's the founder oh. of, of positive psychology, really. Um, started late at the turn of the last century, in the late mm -hmm. 90s. Became the president of the APA. And he said, let's, let's stop being so negative and so uh, pathologically oriented. And so uh, not just use the medical model for when we look at human behavior and thinking. It it's, has many more achievements than that. And that had been where we were stuck, you know, and we were also stuck in behaviorism, which taught us a lot, but it did it by uh, narrowing things down to a very uh, mechanical process, which really missed so much of what, what it is, the, the joy and the pleasure of life, yeah. you know. Well, that's great. And uh, when uh, this podcast is done, when people finish listening to it, if they go to the Center for Grateful Leadership, they'll, they can find all of your monthly articles in our archives under yes, member absolutely. articles. So, yeah, so we'd, we'd love people to do that. But you know what, Don, I, I love the connection you make between our work and the whole field of positive psychology. And, you know, to me, it was very reassuring that you felt, and you stated this in your article, that we were able to demonstrate that there's science behind grateful leadership and the power of acknowledgement, because that's what positive psychology stresses, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you know something else? Uh, since I became a member of the International Positive Psychology Association, I also became a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And I've discovered that the researchers and practitioners out there need to be acknowledged, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> they often work quietly in their own little cells. Uh, yeah. They do tests on the undergraduates who are looking for grades to, <laughs> they volunteer. And, uh, and yet they come up with some extraordinary discoveries. Mm. And, and seldom do they have time to put those all together and see how they fit and how they change the way, uh, the way we look at the world. And uh, so it's, it's almost impossible to imagine how much that worldview has changed because of psychology, and particularly positive psychology, 
and other other uh, related studies, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, because I wouldn't limit it to positive psychology, but it's a great yeah. It's a great I, I, Yeah. It Go is. And, and I know you have um, mentioned Martin Seligman's stressing of the PERMA formula. Can you tell us about that? That's one of his basic formulas, and he and it's something I think everybody who wants to practice positive psychology should carry around with them in, in their back pocket. <laughs> the, the PERMA formula is uh, positive emotions, that's the P, uh, engagement, that's the E, relationships, that's the R, meaning, it's got to be uh, significant to you, yes. and finally, and very importantly, accomplishments. And of course, gratitude is right there in the positive emotions, right at the beginning. Yeah, and I would say it also comes up in uh, meaning and accomplishments, and well, relationships and engagement too. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's <laughs> the thing. Can... I'm glad you saw that because I think it carries through all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now that now that I think about it, thanks for uh, you know bringing that up because I, I think we we carry. Uh, the the positive psychology banner you know talk about putting it in your back pocket that's uh what the five c's of acknowledgement are about you know the consciousness choice courage communication and commitment that's all about the mm -hmm. perma formula we could relate it uh and draw you know like a, a chart of how they connect but that's really wonderful. Now, um, are there um, any other movers and well, shakers? The one that comes to mind right away, uh, unfortunately, he's passed on a few years back, but um, Chris Peterson was uh, Martin Seligman's, perhaps his closest partner, oh. who worked as a clinical psychologist. So he didn't just see the research. He saw the, the human connection right away. Mm -hmm. And he had this motto that now, is, is repeated just about every time uh, positive psychologists get together in the same room. It's pretty simple. Other people matter. Oh. Wow, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah every yeah. time you talk about positive psychology, I feel like that is a home for grateful leadership or, you know, we, we share a house. Yes. And, um, and yet, you know, it's been a little hard to gain acceptance of the movement. Do you do you know why that is, and and what barriers there are that maybe we can think about overcoming? Well, I have my suspicions, and I think they have to do with <laughs> the the ethic of our society as a whole. Um, everybody wants to be doing serious work and not uh, simply, uh, you know, getting too touchy feely, as they say. Yeah. And that includes psychologists, especially researchers. Yeah. Uh, and some practitioners go a whole hog in the other direction, but that's another story. But, um, yeah, I would say that um, we have to t uh, educate them as well. <laughs> if I can wow. be so bold as to say that. But you know, and the other thing, too, is that um, gratitude is a branch, really, of, of, uh -huh. of positive psychology. Uh, Robert Emmons whom you've talked of often, is yeah. in fact the, uh, I think he still is, the editor of uh, the uh, Journal of Positive Psychology. So he's right there in the forefront, right? Yeah. And he's also very closely connected to the International Network of Personal Meaning. 
which is um, another whole organization that uh, has pursued what they call positive psychology 2.0, which is trying to bring not just happiness, which was where they got their start, if you know, but if you remember, mm-hmm. it was all over the, the news and the magazines. And, uh, but to use that happiness to, to do something that matters, something that is meaningful, something that reaches out. And there's nothing like gratitude to, to bring you that kind of, I would say, positive and quite acceptable pleasure. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, um, Paul Wong is the, um, the, the man who started the, um, I suppose, the, the Meaning of, um, Network. And he took his, his uh, lessons from um, um, the famous... Uh, Oh gosh, what's the name now? Oh my gosh, uh, you know the man's search for meaning. Oh, Victor Frankel. Victor Frankel, Frankel. Yeah, yeah, that's where they started. That they said that was that was a great opportunity. And you know, Frankel, I, I remember you had me um, attend one of his lectures, and that was phenomenal. I, I just loved it, and uh, he he'd sure make a a, a great. Uh, podcast guest or a webinar, monthly webinar uh, presenter, anytime you want to invite him. Okay, I, I, I shall <laughs> surely will. Now, they were supposed to have their uh, their uh, conference this year in Toronto, but they obviously had to oh, post yeah. yeah. So now they're scheduling it for next year, so maybe we could work something out. There uh, yeah. might be an opportunity there. It would be a great thing for for you to be there. And there's a, a really big overlap between positive psychology and uh, personal meaning. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Now, uh, as uh, somebody who's very real, well read in this field and many others, do you believe that some people are natural born grateful leaders? Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I, I came up with it, but <laughs> I didn't necessarily have the answer in the first place. We both uh, liked it, yes. Yeah, but I, I think, I think in, in a way, but I think it's something nurtured, right? I think we all have a, a, an instinct for it, but it can be kind of weaned, you can be weaned away from it or have it beaten out of you, sadly enough. Depends on how you're nurtured, how you're uh, raised as a child. Um, and I guess you've heard of something, maybe you have, uh, called attachment theory. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, if you are in a family where you, there's at least one significant adult who takes you under their wing and, and feel, makes you important to them and gives you that attachment, it doesn't have to be one, it can be several, it can be your whole family, but it, at least one, um, it makes a big difference. It gives you a leg up, I'd say. Yeah. So in that uh, those people have an advantage, but we never stop learning, right? And especially uh, effectively or emotionally, we keep learning all our lives. So that that's not an excuse. I mean, right? If, take a look at uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. But <laughs> <laughs> a whole life in bitter isolation, right? But then mm-hmm. finally came back. So, it, but you, you know, the question. We just were discussing before the podcast was, you know, can regular people learn the skills or develop the character traits of grateful leadership? And that's 
you know, my uh, commitment is mm-hmm. to anybody. And, I, you know, I've gone into some out, outwardly hostile environments where people said they were dragged there by their leaders. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, I, I said, well, if you're not uh, into this in 20 minutes, you may feel free to leave with my blessing. And I couldn't <laughs> kick them out of the room if I had tried, you know, because... It, well, the answer to that, too, they can't let that go. The answer yeah. is yes, of course. You can learn. You can. We can all learn. And there would be no hope for us, right, if we could. Right. But, you know, you, you said, should people fake it till they make it? And I, I don't ever um, believe you should fake it till you make it. You mm-hmm. should say, you know, I've had the, something more to the effect of, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had this really positive thought about you, but I, I don't like expressing it. And uh, I'm very uncomfortable sharing my feelings or, you know, making myself feel vulnerable. But I really got to tell you, 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 you've made a great contribution to our team. And that's it. You know, I mean, I'd, ra- I'd rather yeah. you, you, you make, you know, a- apologies for, you know, your own, uh, you know, uh, difficulty with it than fake it. Because yeah, people sense, yeah. people sense, uh, you know, uh, inauthenticity, and then it's it's more yeah. like, uh, you know, a manipulation. So, but you tell me what you think. I think that uh, you know it's a delicate issue, especially when you're dealing with people who are still skeptical. And uh, and if, like, say, you're new to an organization, you've put, been put in charge of a unit or something. And uh, you say, you know, I really want you to know how much we appreciate the work you've done. Then, and they look at you and say, you don't know a damn thing about the work I've done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell you, you know. Uh, but if you keep saying it, and if you say it with greater sincerity, sincerity after you get to know the work they've done, or then that's a good thing. But you also make another really important point in your books, which I think we sh- shouldn't overlook, and that is. Acknowledge them for who they are, not for what they've done or what they exactly. might do. So exactly. you can't go wrong with that. You know what I mean? That's that's their basic humanity. And you start there. Yeah, that's perfect. So um, I want to make sure we have a little time to go over one of the books that you've written about and connected with Grateful Leadership. You, and you, I know you really had a wonderful sense of... Um, the book Give and Take by Adam Grant. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about what what he wrote and what the connection to grateful leadership was that you found? Yeah, I would like to. Um, first of all, I, I'm, I haven't seen any indication that Adam Grant particularly identifies himself as a positive psychologist. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. So this, this is, in a way, it's better because it gives you some affirmation of some of these ideas coming from another source. Yeah, definitely. He is, however, a superstar. He's got a, a tremendous podcast that I recommend everybody listen to called huh. Work, Life, Work Life. And it's really entertaining and very, very pithy and, and uh, right to the point. It gives you a lot of ideas about, about how to be a grateful leader, really. Uh-huh. But anyway, having uh-huh. said that, this book he wrote, Give and Take, uh, I guess about seven or eight years ago, uh, maybe longer, um, kind of set him up as being an author worth reading. In it, he talks about the three basic styles of interaction. 
right? The mm -hmm. first one is is that he recommends, and we should all in, endorse, is the givers. These uh -huh. are the grateful leaders, right? They're giving, they're, they're showing their gratitude. They're giving yeah. support to people. Like um, Richard Sheridan, who does that wonderful job in, in his company in um, Ann Arbor, I think it is. Yeah. But uh, Menlo, Menlo Innovations. Uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's what we what we're talking about. That's a giver. He's constantly giving. You know. He anyway. I won't go into him because we could spend another half hour there. <laughs> but um, he also points out that there are takers. We all know lawyers like that. Oops, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> but no, there are many people out there who who see it as 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 a competitive. Um, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, is it what's the word? Zero. Never mind. As, okay. as, as winners and losers, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and they're constantly looking at the transactional, and they are the takers. Now, one of the things he discovered was uh, he followed a um, a class of medical students through their first and later years. And they found that in the first year of medical school, that the takers were doing really well because they were absorbing everything that was put in front of them with the intention of having a successful and maybe even a, a brilliant medical career, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't spend any time uh, messing with anybody else except maybe to have a drink now and then. And the take the givers. Uh, we're always helping others, other students out, yeah. their classmates. And they didn't always do the best on, on their assignments because they didn't have time to turn in top-notch work all the time. But guess what? After a year or two, that had reversed itself because now the givers had all kinds of people to support them and help them and people that wanted to work with them and be part of their uh, of their learning experience and give them the confidence to go forward. But the takers found themselves out, isolated. Well, I don't want to deal with that person. They're not particularly friendly. They're not mm. particularly, uh, you know, they just want to know what you'll do for them. So it, it flipped. And that's, that stayed pretty much the way it was. So, you know, sometimes it's not the immediate results that, that tell you what's going to happen. But there's, yeah. there's a third category, Judy, that just you know, finished with this. And those, yeah. uh, this is what most people, in fact, do because they're not sure whether they should be givers or takers. Because they see some givers who are, they admire greatly and, they, and you know, uh, the Albert Schweitzers of this world um, and the Mother Teresa's, I guess. Uh, but they say, well, I don't know if I'm really up to that. You know, I don't mm -hmm. have that much to offer and I, just, and I don't have that much energy. But on the other hand, I don't want to just be a taker. That's, that puts me in a rather unpleasant category with people who are not the kind of people I want to be like. So they say, well, we'll, we'll be matchers. It'll all be tit for tat. I give a little, you give a little. We move back and forth. We, life is negotiated, right? Well, it turns out the matches don't do too badly, but they have fairly ho-hum ho lives. They don't accomplish a great deal, but they're not exactly failures. They have probably have a decent obituary. <laughs> but, you know, they may not leave behind something that really made the world a better place as much as they might have hoped. 
So you have to make up your mind, which of these are you going to be? So, and, and that's really what the book is all about. And he covers it from many different angles, and, and of course, because it's a full book. But that's what it boils down to. So I think books like that uh, are something worth carrying, carrying forward with. Definitely. And it's so interesting to hear the connections you make. I mean, from what you've related to us and from reading your article, you know, I feel that givers of acknowledgement really can never, should never expect a return. But <laughs> what happens is you see the return all around you when people start uh becoming enlivened and engaged and you know you get your return from the uh acknowledgement culture that you're building just by seeing people in action as a result of that yeah so don you know you really have uh filled our hearts and minds and spirits uh today i think you've done a, a great job of letting us know uh of the gratitude the connection that's out there the grateful connection and um so I, again i invite our listeners to go to www.gratefulleadership.com and uh of course become a member if you're not already one and you can uh click on member articles and you'll see all of don's years worth of grateful connections which are superb so Don, anything you want to say in closing today? Yes, I I think some people would say, well, well this is kind of uh, formidable. That's a lot of stuff to, to take in. <laughs> and it is. It took me a while, I'll be honest with you. Um, so you say, where do I begin? And <clears throat> I, I think you should follow your curiosity mm -hmm. and also where your hunger is. What do I really need to know that I feel is, is a gap in my life that I'm not mm -hmm. really really performing or really getting the satisfaction I wanted. And that's a great way to approach this whole area of, um, of, of gratitude and, and, and grateful leadership. Because gratitude, as I've come to realize, is a cycle. And just as like happiness is something that if you have it, you can exude it, you can pass it on, it's contagious. So is gratitude. So if you, if you are starved for it, you're not going to, you may believe in it at some intellectual level, but you're not going to have the, uh, the passion to really deliver. Right. So make sure that you're grateful in your own life too. And that's the way to approach your learning as well. And that's one of the big problems with school, right? They say, well, here it all is. Swallow it all up. We've stuffed everything we can into your head. Now go forth and multiply. <laughs> 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 well, you've really made us think a lot today, and uh, thanks for being a great guest, and most of all for continuing to write your monthly Grateful Connection columns. We're all, especially I, am extremely grateful to you for those. Well, thank you. I, I, I hope more people do get a chance to read it, and I like some of the new changes you're contemplating for the for the site that may, uh, may open up a few... Uh, eyes and hearts and minds oh, thank you and uh we have to thank our uh, site administrator roxy nevin for all of her great ideas and doing that we welcome everyone else's ideas too yeah. so 
in closing, uh, let me just remind you once again that if you're not already a member of the Center for Grateful Leadership, you can easily join and become one by going to www.gratefulleadership.com. And as Jim Trella, creator of this wonderful podcast series, often said, admission is free, but the experience is priceless. Thank you, Jim, for those words. And I will personally welcome you when you do join. You can also reach out to me directly by writing to me at judy.umlas, U-M-L-A-S, at IIL.com. And please do remember to acknowledge someone or many someones each and every day. Until the next time, I'm Judy Umlas.